1: Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 44 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, and we are going to talk about something as exciting as free books today. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> and, uh, I love free books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, a lot of people do, but, but actually, we're going to look a bit into that. And uh, just for uh, reference here, these are also called perma free books. Uh, because it's about books that you are setting up so that they are permanently free on all platforms. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, and we actually also covered this topic slightly on a previous episode already. Uh, but since then, we've actually gone out and asked for reader opinions on this topic Ooh, yes, rather we're not than it's just being out. Also- <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's better than just being us, us authors here among ourselves, speculating on what we're thinking about offering free books. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to look into today and also discover if it's actually worth it anymore nowadays. But, but more on that later. H- how have you been since our last recording, Autumn?
2: I've, that was definitely a little bit of a personal one if anyone hasn't listened to it talking about feeling overwhelmed and yeah hiccups. that's that's the thing. <laughs> yes, life hiccups. So thank you. I've actually been doing, you know, well there's still ups and downs and days like that, but I will say cause you know I've been talking about that I've been struggling with my writing and of all things i'm very busy at the moment because um i do uh, my newsletter to my readers on the first and the 15th of the month that's just when i do them and so i have this to do and that to do i've been doing some book cover commissions and so i really don't have like right now the writing hasn't been doing well so i'm like of course i'm not gonna write i'm not even gonna look at it i'm stuck in this scene i hate this scene and i figured it out (laughs) And so I, I wrote myself two minutes on my phone and I hate writing notes on my phone, but I did two minutes of writing notes and it really came down to a phrase that I had already written and I just was stuck at and... By turning it into a negative, changing things slightly, I think I can finish up the scene that has had me stuck and move what? on. That's great. I, so. I know. I'm very excited. I mean, I literally, I'm doing like 500 words a day at the moment. I just, it's kind of a, I actually am not even doing that right now. It's hopefully when I get back to it later this week, it'll, it takes like half an hour. This is not a big deal. It's just to make me feel better and feel like I started my day right. Um, to keep writing because I'm, hey, I'm an author, but life's a little chaotic right now and overwhelmed and other things. But it feels good to keep it going. And I'm so excited that I think I figured this one out. I'm going to move forward to the next scene that can trip me up. But that's that was a good week, yeah, I think, perfect. to have that, that idea. I knew as soon as I got too busy to work on it, it would finally come unstuck. And it did.
1: Yeah, well, that that's good news. Yeah. I mean, progress is always good. I mean, <laughs> e- even the small small steps counts as well, right?
2: And I think I think that's a lot of like authors. We love that that moment of oh, that epiphany that when things click into place, that especially ones that you've been like struggling with for what two months, uh, when that finally clicks and you suddenly have you realize why things pull together and why they mean something. That's what really gets authors so excited that we're stumbling over our words and we're just can't. You know, We're jumping up and down and our partners in our lives are going, are you okay? You're excited because you had an idea. It's all right. But I love it. I love it. It gives you a whole new energy. And so I am definitely feeling a little bit more positive and like maybe my life might be a little less stuck because my writing, I think, is going to be unstuck very soon.
1: Excellent. That's good news. So how is your
2: week going? Yeah.
1: Well, good. Um, I was actually thinking that uh, it's been a while since I shared one of my referee stories, oh, so I thought maybe I could share one today. That'd be great. <laughs> because I was out refereeing this weekend and uh, the rain was just pouring down, oh, no. but that's actually not what I wanted to to share, But but we got really soaked, but but that's not the point here. <laughs> uh, but something something happened, you know, this weekend that I've never tried before.
2: Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah, do so. Uh, yeah. So the uh, the away team, mm-hmm. they managed to turn up without any uh, clothes for the players, you know, where they had their normal clothes on, of course, but they did not have, they hadn't brought any of the playing clothes at all.
2: What? We're, how
1: and, did that uh, happen? So they just showed up, Yeah, well, so they had like, not the coach, but they have like a team manager and he's supposed to, he has one task and that is to bring the clothes and that's the only thing he didn't do. Oh no. I hope he was... So so there was... (laughs) <laughs> yes but but so there was a few of the players who had their own shorts and okay. t-shirts some of them do that they, they buy their own and and then with the club branding on and all that so they had the right stuff but but the rest of the team which was like seven or eight players did not have anything but the clothes that they were standing in so like oh. jeans and shirts and stuff like that you know regular clothing so they were just standing there and uh <laughs> then they uh they sent back a guy to pick up the clothes, uh-huh. um, and of course, I, I'm sure in, in U.S. standards the distances are not very far here. But but here in here in Denmark they had to drive like uh, 50 kilometers. I'm not sure what that is in miles, but
2: I think but it's like about in, in U.S. standards yeah. that's not a
1: lot. No, but yeah, probably yeah. But but of course, if you have to start a match in like 15 minutes, <laughs> then it's pretty far back yeah, and forth that's to drive 30 over miles or uh, so 60 right miles there, in total. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he, he, the coach, then asked me, you know, can we start this match later because you know we don't have any clothes. <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, you know, for me that's not a problem. But but you have to ask the home team coach if he's okay with it. Uh-huh. Um, so he he went and asked its home team coach, and and I went with him. And then the home team coach said, I'm sorry, but we can't because several of our players actually have a double match so they have to play oh. another match right after this one so we cannot wait to start we we need to get it started oh, no. and uh, <laughs> so so they yeah, some of the players still hadn't come out to the pitch and uh, I and then told them you need to you know you need to get your players out here now because we need to start and, and by this time we were already like 15 20 minutes late mm. um because they had forgot their gear. <laughs> so so that was really wonderful. So uh, now uh, he uh, he then suggested the, the away coach then suggested but okay, but could we then perhaps wait until our guy comes with the clothing and then we'll just shorten the the match. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, play for less time than normal. Okay. And uh, the the home team coach then said, "No, I don't want to do that. I want to play full time."
2: Oh no, he's and just being hard. So now. he then turned
1: to me. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know, but but he—it's in his right, yeah. you know. Uh, it's not his fault that they forgot their clothing, so so this uh, away team coach he then turned to me, you know, as a referee, because I'm, I'm the one who needs to get the match started, and and, and he said, well, so what do we do?" And I basically told him, "Yeah, well, you have two options. Either you can forfeit, which means that you're automatically going to lose the match three to nothing." Ooh. Or you borrow some green pullover shirts from the home team. And then basically you have your players playing jeans and regularly on the shirts. Oh, and he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, that's your options. Either you play or you forfeit. Yeah. What do you want to do?
2: That's very black and white. And then
1: he said, uh, okay, well, we've, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then he said, "Okay, well, we drove all the way here, so we want to play." And I said, "That's fine. Then we're going to start in two minutes. So get on your uh, green pullover shirts that you borrow here, and then uh, we get going." And of course, you know, they hadn't had any time to warm up or oh. do any pre-match preparation. I so they were completely unprepared, oh. and they were standing there like half the half the team in jeans. Oh, it's no. just like ridiculous. Yeah, Those and the home kids. team was just laughing at them, oh. and uh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, and uh, but you know what the irony of this whole situation was? What's that? <laughs> so because they arrived so late and they uh-huh. were so unprepared, the the away team then ended up losing five 0 Oh. So actually, if they had forfeited, they would have lost 3-0. Oh no, so,
2: <laughs> so, no. <laughs> so they would have
1: gotten a better result by not playing at all.
2: <laughs> I was hoping for a better moral so to the just... story here that you know either you know the other team like gave them extra clothing or the home team gave them extra clothing or that somehow they actually ended up winning. But this is like lose lose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the, I, yeah, maybe it's not a positive moral <laughs> story, but I guess the moral is that you need to come prepared for stuff. You can't just show up out of the blue and think everything will work out, right?
2: Yeah, you'll just be able to wing it and it's fine. Yeah. I guess maybe that's not the best way to yeah, it's do It's the same things.
1: thing with writing, right? That's I mean, right. You can't just... No, exactly, yeah. And same thing with writing, right? You you can't you can't just show up to at, at your computer and think everything would magically work out. You know, you have to put some thought into it.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> that's that's so true. But unfortunate, <laughs> but yes, it is definitely always. I'm not a pantser. You're not a pantser. We're definitely always better when we um, have a little bit of a plot going, which is why we're writing a pl- plotting book together. Which I think we keep mentioning every episode. So okay, we'll move on from that one.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy podcast.
1: So we have these uh, small, like, topic teasers, or maybe I should call them talking points that yeah. we post uh, every week in the Am Riding Fantasy group. And uh, and and maybe I should also mention actually that every month we we do give away some very cool prizes to those who engage the most. Don't we, Autumn?
2: Yes, we do. I think it's really exciting, the stuff that you can get, everything from blurb reviews to uh, 3D book images. So yeah, it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, and we also offer to review five pages of writing, and I don't know, maybe it's actually time that I should give away another audiobook of uh, of my book of how to write a fantasy book description. What do you think? Maybe I should do that next month.
2: Maybe we should. Uh, yeah, we'll have to decide, because I have to make up the image for uh, what the price is going to be. So mm, let me know. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. But actually, what I wanted to say about <laughs> those topic teasers or, or small snippets there that we post, actually, that I posted one this last week uh, with the following text. It just said, listen to music that reminds you of your character or scene to inspire your writing. And I was... And that was all it said. But I was actually quite <laughs> surprised to see how many engaged with it. There was a lot of comments and posts. and I really did not expect that on something as simple as that. So that was uh, that was very. I was very pleased with that. So <laughs> thank you everyone for for all the posting there. That was awesome.
2: That is. I. It's all a little bit of it. And it's funny how many people like write like writing to music or don't like writing to music. And I know occasionally that sometimes when I have a um, when I have you know, a character I have problems getting in touch with, it really helps to listen to music that reminds me of this character. So I can definitely see the point occasionally of listening to music that inspires you to get into your scene and your character. But yeah, there's other times where it could totally not help too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I well, I I, I on the flip side I need, I need a completely quiet environment otherwise I simply cannot concentrate on writing. But but I don't know, did you notice what Jason said that he was listening to while writing? That really made me laugh.
2: No, I don't think I saw what his answer was.
1: <laughs> he, he wrote BBC News.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think if I was listening at- <laughs> that would inspire me unless I was doing a political thriller at the moment. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just don't see how... I mean, if it works, then that's great for him. But I just don't understand how you can <laughs> listen to news and, and then write. I mean, that would be so distracting for me.
2: Yeah, if, for me... it's to his own, of course. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, for me, unless it's a specific song that reminds me of a character, like I said, especially for the a few difficult characters I've done. Otherwise, I just do a YouTube epic fantasy mix and put it on the background to drown out what other noise. But if it's a perfectly quiet house... I'm good with a perfectly quiet house because I tend to zone out and not hear anything anyway. (laughs) Right. But it's funny. I was actually looking at a different conversation in the Facebook group that really uh, got me going. Yeah. We, uh, I like it when other people post topics and ideas too, because obviously, you know, that's really close to them. And Richie recently posted something odd, um, a blog post he had done where he'd had a guest author come in and talk about mistakes male authors make when writing female characters. And I thought that was such Ah. a good topic. So I, I had to read through the blog post and read through all the comments on it to see. And, you know, he, the, blog post is very authentic that's saying yeah sometimes female you know women writers when they're writing male characters are also making assumptions about what it's like to be male because obviously no one is putting on someone else's skin and living someone else's life yeah but i Mm -hmm. did think it was some great tips on how to write a female character and some things to avoid because yeah there's still some horrible people don't treat female characters like, oh, you know, a real character. (laughs) And so it was really interesting to read through the post and see what some of the issues were all the way down to a good solution is if you really have have any doubts, make sure you have a female beta reader that you're going to actually listen to who can give you some female perspective about what you're doing to your women characters. But it definitely, Hmm. you know, both ways, you know, I'm a woman and I do write male characters and I know you have... Uh, written some major female characters so it's always nice to like you know double check your perspective and make sure you're doing right by all your characters and all your genders including the ones that are somewhere in between
1: yeah i guess maybe i maybe i should have read that uh, that blog post before (laughs) uh well of course it it wasn't released back then but but actually at some point uh, this is like i don't know maybe half a year more ago but I was uh, I was interviewed on another podcast, and and uh, the interviewer, the host, asked me uh, about me writing female characters, and, and and what, how, you know, what did I think about when I wrote the female characters, and how do I make sure that they are um, realistic, mm-hmm. I guess, and. I guess I did not have a very good answer to be because I was like, I, I was like, well, I don't understand what do you mean? I mean, I just I, it, if it's a male or a female, I, I, the character has to be strong. They have to be capable because otherwise readers don't like the character. So it doesn't really matter if it's it's a male or a female, and, and they, of course they have to have reasonable motives as to what they're doing and why they're doing the the things that they're doing and all that good stuff. That uh, but at the end of the day, it's not really that different. That, that that I think that was my response back then. And it was like, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like this blog post is a lot better than what I came up with.
2: <laughs> it is. Well, I think it's the subtle, subtle differences that people might not realize when they're writing characters where like a few had some good examples where they started with a really strong female character, but then she got married and had kids and was no longer a warrior and only cared about having kids. And people were like, no! Ah! How could you do this to her? She was a strong, independent female, or, or using a character like right. I, the token female. You know, when you and I are blog, you know, developing things, I'm always going like, we can't just have one woman. You know, it's 50 50, or even if it's, you know, it should be something. Hey, I think it's really fun to have like a 75% female troop. You know, do something different. Don't worry. Don't stress, but definitely treat them as deliberately as you would any character. Hmm.
0: Good point. And on to today's topic.
1: Yeah, so as I said in the beginning of of this episode, we have been debating for a while now whether the strategy of giving free books away actually works as a marketing tactic anymore. And uh, to get wiser, I guess, on that topic, we started a survey and we asked readers for their opinions on the matter. And the point of this recording that we're doing right now, we've got... Three hundred and seventy-nine responses. That's pretty good.
2: That is definitely not um, bad. I know we're I hoping would, for more, but you know, that's getting pretty statistical at this point.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I would really like to get to a thousand responses in total, because then it's as you just said, is statistically relevant at that point. So I would like to I guess put out a call to all our listeners here, since all of you are also writers. And um Maybe, order maybe we could ask people to help us out a bit. You know, if I put a link to the survey in the show notes, and maybe then if we ask our author listeners here to share that link with their readers, maybe in their newsletter or wherever, in order to basically get more responses. Don't you think that they would oh, be willing to do that for us? I
2: would hope so. I, I know I put it in my newsletter and you put it in yours, but that'd be fantastic to get some other other readers out there to answer it so we can get it up to a thousand because I know we are going to calculate the results and have the answers and you said you're going to post it in the group in our am writing fantasy Facebook group so that would be you know you'll get the results if you'll help us out you can find out as this is topic that we're about to discuss with our current slightly not quite statistical enough average but you know you'll get those results and make a decision about how you want to run your books and if you should be doing perma free. So please help us out. The link is in the show notes. And uh, if you have questions, of course, just reach out and let us know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you find the uh, Am writing Fantasy Facebook group by just searching for Am writing Fantasy in the group section of Facebook. And what I should also let you know is that this uh, link that we have in the show notes, it does not require your readers to sign up for anything or leave their email address or anything like that. I, I left it completely <laughs> open so that it's as easy as possible. And, you know, people can just go in, leave their response and leave again. And that's all we're asking. We're not going to put them on an email list or anything like that. So uh, yeah, you can hopefully that lowers the barrier of entry. Yes,
2: exactly. You can <laughs> double check us, take it yourself. We're not trying to swipe your reader list. We just want to have this question no, 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 answered.
1: No. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we want. And um, basically what I have to do here today is now that I will share the results that we have uh, so far with the 379 responses. And uh, I I would think that is fairly accurate, to be honest. Uh, I, I would be surprised if the remaining um, amount of responses up to 1,000 will completely change the results. But uh, yeah...
2: And I can't just be aware that that it might change. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to hear it because even I've been kept in the dark. So I don't have these stats (laughs) in front of me. I can't wait to find out what some of the answers are. So yes, let's get on with it. So what are people answering? And you know, are you seeing then a big enough trend that you you're feeling pretty confident that these answers are pretty solid? Oh, good! I can't wait to hear this. Absolutely.
1: Yes absolutely, yes, absolutely. But maybe before we get into the actual results, it, it might be worth explaining how do you actually make your book permanently free when Ooh, Amazon yeah. doesn't allow you to put in a price of $0 <laughs> when you upload it to KDP. So maybe you could just cover that first order.
2: Absolutely. This is something I keep doing and undoing and trying to decide if I want to do again. So to make a book permanently free, the per- first thing you have to do is be wide you can't just be on amazon and it not just wide to like it's free on my website you have to also have your book published on the big sites like kobo barnes and noble uh Apple, sorry, my brain just blanked. Apple books, <laughs> you need to have on the big platforms your book also uploaded. And on those platforms, you do have the option of choosing free. Or if you go through a distributor like Books to Draft to Digital or Smashwords, you also have options of uploading to free. So you have to basically push your book out to free everywhere. Again, those big publishers are the ones that are important. It doesn't matter if you have it free on Wattpad. Amazon doesn't care about Wattpad unless you happen to be in KDP Select and have your book on Wattpad. They will find it, trust me. <laughs> Don't do it. But if once you have your book free elsewhere, what you need to do is you can do it two ways. The smartest, easiest, and most professional way is to email the KDP, KDP help desk and say, I have this book. You give your ASIN number. It is free on platforms on Smash or Smashwords. Yes, you can do here on Barnes and Nobles at this link. You must give them the actual link so they can click on the book and go and see it's free on Kobo, Barnes & Noble, you know, give them multiple if you can, and then say, would you please price match? They will normally email you back saying it is up to their discretion to decide if they want to price match, but if they decide to do so, that you will see it marked as free in a few days. I can tell you that is the script they send you every single time, and I don't think I've ever seen them not follow through and then make your book free. Now, the other way is if for some reason you get a no response, or if you are just really nervous for some reason about talking to the KDP help desk, who are usually incredibly helpful and very polite and nice, um, all you have to do is get you and all your friends, social media works great for this reason, and say, hey, go and go to my book page on Amazon and there's a little button you know, on the page. Usually you know, it helps if you mark it out to people and say, click this and say, you found the book at a different price elsewhere and give them the links to where it is also free and just have, oh, I've heard as few as 10 friends. I've heard as many as 100. I think the real number is somewhere around 20 to 30 people have to go and say, hey, I saw this book free somewhere else and Amazon will usually price match it that way very quickly as well. So you can do it both ways. But really, it's easy unless you're really good at rounding up a whole bunch of friends. Just email the KDP help desk. But if that does fall through, hit social media and tell people to please report your book as free on other websites. And that'll work as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, the strategy or the line of thinking behind making a book free is, of course, that uh, you lower the barrier of entry for, for new readers and, and it basically makes it like a no brainer for them <laughs> to, uh, to give your book a chance. And then, of course, the idea is then or the strategy is here that you're writing in a series. So you're giving book one away for free. And then the idea is that once they've read that, then they are hooked and like your story. And then they go on to buy the other books in the series. And um, I managed actually to get to number 66 in the overall Kindle store with this strategy. Um, But (laughs) the attentive listener will also remember that in a previous episode, I talked about something I called Kindle stuffing, which was basically when readers download books free just because they are free. And then they store them on their Kindle device and then they actually never read them.
2: Mm-hmm. And that
1: was um, the premise or line of thinking behind this survey that we did, because I can certainly see on my books that um, there looks. It seems like there's a lot of Kindle stuffing going on, because the number of readers who go through from book one to the rest of the series has seriously dwindled compared to in the past.
2: Yes, um, I agree. It's called. I read- think that
1: it's just go stuck. Ahead.
2: Yeah, it's called the read through rate. And there was a time where you give, like, you do a big promo, you have your book for free, and, you know, a thousand people download it. And if you have a 10% to 20% read through rate, picking, you know, they're picking up the next books in the series, that's, you know, pretty successful and it makes the advertising worthwhile. But I agree, recently it seems like the read through rate is dropping like a rock. And I'm starting to wonder too what the results of your survey are going to be. Is if is this is Kindle stuffing really just taking the four, and people aren't picking up or they are picking up free books, but they're never getting
1: to them because there's so many of them. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So do you want me to share some results out of?
2: Oh please, <laughs> I want to know the answers. At least <laughs> the answers as we have them right now.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to cover each of the questions that I ask people, and then I will give you the responses, and I will also give you my reflection on it. And then, of course, you can sort of pitch in and give your reflection if you agree or disagree with me. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So the first question I asked was, are you more likely to take a chance on a new author if the book is free? Hmm. And basically, 64% says that they don't mind paying for a book written by an author that they have never heard of before.
2: Wow. That's
1: interesting. While 36% chose the other options where I stated that they will only purchase books written by authors they already know.
2: Huh. So that's, you know, people are willing to take a chance. 60 some percent are willing to take a chance on a new author. 64. 64. That is really excellent. That's surprising. Yeah, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, I would have thought it was a lot less too.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then I went on, so I basically split out the questions here. So the one, the people who are within the thirty-six uh, percent bucket here, the the people who said that they only want to purchase books from authors that they already know, mm-hmm. I asked them a sub question that I did not ask the other ones. Um. And this sub question was basically saying that if they would purchase a book from an author that they don't know, if it, the book had good reviews and otherwise sounds interesting and, and for their taste and, and so forth, right? Uh-huh. And you know what happened? What? They still won't get it? 66% <laughs> now confirmed that they would change their mind.
2: Oh my gosh. Did that's you, a lot. That is a lot. Did, you didn't put in a threshold, like a minimum number of reviews. You just said like an excellent
1: star rating. I just said great reviews. Okay. That's what the question says. All right. Uh, and of course, I, I did on purpose with all these questions. I made them very black and white because mm-hmm. I want to force people to take either one <laughs> side or the other. I don't want all those in the middle answers. So that's on purpose that I've done it like this way. I like but it. But 66% confirmed that they would change their mind. So if 64%, that was the number we had before, out of the total pool, they said that they were already prepared to pay for the book. And out of those who then said that they wouldn't, you can still convert 66% of those people if you have good reviews on the book. So basically, if I add those two together, then you're looking at more than 80% wow. confirming that they are willing to pay for a novel.
2: That's exciting that it really is to see that that many people are willing to buy a new book, even if they never heard of the author. But obviously, you've got to have some stuff there. Great reviews. Or, I mean, do you have questions on pricing? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> no, not as such. But okay. we'll come to that. Oh, okay. but, um <laughs> There are many questions to go here. All right, still. let's go. Um, yeah. So uh, so I thought that was very interesting. Of course, it does, as you just said, Autumn, uh, it just proved that if you have social proof on your book, meaning good reviews and, and stuff like that, then it does make a difference. But let, let's move on here. Uh, then things got really interesting as well when I then asked, if you bought a book, is it the next book you'll start reading? And of course, here I'm mm. alluding to these Kindle stuffing topic, right? Right. So, if they bought the book, forty-two percent says yes, this is the next book they'll start reading, oh. while fifty-eight percent then says no, they will add it to their to-be-read list.
2: Okay, which we know how the okay. big the to-be-read list. So okay, so that's almost almost 50 That you know most would go ahead and read yeah. it next, and the rest are gonna just add it to the pile, even though they know they bought it.
1: Right. But listen to this then, because this is where it gets interesting. Uh Because the next question I asked them is basically the exact same question, but now I sent us the question on those who get or who got a free book instead of buying it. So basically, the question went like this If you downloaded a free book, is it the next book you'll start reading? Uh You know what happened? What happened? (laughs) So. So now only 32% confirmed that they will start reading it. So we just lost 10% compared to the 42 from before.
2: Wow. And
1: I think this to me this makes sense because mm-hmm. if you spend money on something, you are far more likely to also take action on it. That's true. Right? Wow, that's So fiesta. this leaves
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this leaves 68% of the readers saying that they would simply add the book to the to be read list if they um, got it for free. And that is the list that we do not want to be on as authors. You know, we want them to pick up the book and start reading.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, that to-be-read list. I mean, I know mine, um, yeah, it's it's a sad, sad thing, the books on my to-be-read list, because I just, you're right, if I see something that really interests me, I'm going to go buy it and read it, and I don't really care about what else is left that I picked up randomly across the net. So that's interesting to really see that coming out, that readers are going to look at the books that they have purchased and bought money for, where the ones they picked up for free might end up to the back eddies of the to-be-read pile. Yeah.
1: And of course, the the critical listener could then say, well, 10%, that's not a lot. And, And yeah, I don't know, maybe it's not. But to me, 10%, I mean, if you're pushing out a lot of free books, the fact that 10% of them are more likely to not read it because it just goes on the to to-be-read list, to me, that that is significant.
2: I think it might be. I mean, it, I'm definitely seeing a trend, but I'm sure you still have more questions to go. I do. <laughs>
1: I do. <laughs> because the, the next question here then adds on to the one that I, we just had here. And the next question is, how many unread books do you have on your e-reader? Maybe the Kindle, the phone, the Nook, whatever. Oh,
2: this is going to be a scary and one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So if I tell you the bracket options, Autumn, that I gave people, okay. then maybe you can guess on where you think that 60% of all the responses fill in one of these brackets. Oh, So sure. you, you can guess. I'll, I'll give you the brackets first.
2: Okay, I'll give this a try. So the <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the first bracket I gave them was that they have none uh, or no <laughs> e- unread books on their e-reader because they always finish the current read before they pick up a new book. That was the first option. Second option is that they have less than five. Mm-hmm. And third option is that they have between five and 10 unread books on their e-reader. <laughs> and this last option is that they have more than 10 books on their e-reader. Which one do you think 60% confirmed?
2: I'm going to guess the last option, more than 10.
1: Yes. Isn't that scary? <laughs> it is scary. 60% of readers have more than 10 unread books on their Kindle.
2: I It just doesn't surprise me. You can put a whole library on there. And it's worrisome. some. Adam has shared all of his unread books with me if I go into his account, because you can do that with friends and family. And wow, that's just a lot of books. <laughs>
1: It's a lot of, I mean, and of course it says more than 10, so it could be a lot more as well for some of the responses, right? Yeah. And then, and now we're really deep inside the Kindle stuffing territory here, right? Because... <laughs> These are the people who go around and find free books, and then oh, there's a free one. I'll just download it to my Kindle, and then move on. And you know, five, ten minutes later, they probably forgot everything about that book because it's just there. And then they think I'll get back to it one day, but we all know that they won't.
2: No, I think that's the worst thing about when you're looking at your to be read list on your Kindle. Unless you're basically left with the cover, you don't have the blurb in front of you. You don't have the reviews. You're just looking basically at the cover, saying, oh, which one do I read next? And and so yeah, unless it's something that you thought, oh, that looked good, and I actually bought it, it's easy to just skip. Like, I don't remember that one, or this is where your cover has really got to stand out so that people go, oh, that one's neat. Otherwise, they might mm-hmm. not ever open it again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and this is then where, at least for me, that those ten percent that we talked about before, those ten percent, that ten percent drop from people who just put it on the, the to be red list uh, from downloading it for free mm-hmm. rather than buying it that that's where for me those 10% becomes relevant
2: yeah. because
1: if we are saying that these are 60% of readers that has more than 1000 books on their kindle but these are also readers who have bought books of course mm-hmm. but if you can drop that number by 10% by saying if they purchase the book then they will not they will start reading it In 10% of the cases, they will start reading it right away rather than just putting it on that wait list there or read list, right? So so to me, that's where those 10% does make a difference to me.
2: It does. I really think it does make a difference of, you know, how many people are going to look at it and read it next. But yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, it'll be interesting as we get more more answers in to see if that 10% ends up growing or shrinking. I'm going to yeah. guess it might grow a little bit more, but we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, so I thought that was very interesting, but I also had I had one more final question Ooh. that I asked people in the survey. All so, right. Yeah, and, and this was actually because I wanted to, I don't know if you could call it dispel a myth mm-hmm. or maybe just at least get a confirmation if the myth was actually true. Okay. So the myth goes like this: that free books are perceived by readers as being of less quality, and therefore you should not make your books free.
2: Oh, that's an interesting. That is a so very big an, myth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a topic that I hear. Well, I wouldn't say often, but I've heard it many times at least on on internet forums, on Facebook groups, and from authors, you know, debating between themselves. Whether or not making the book free actually sends a signal to the reader that this is something I just slapped together. <laughs> and that's why it's free and I don't want to judge you for it, you know. A lot of authors have been deb- debating this stuff. And, well, I don't want to debate it. I would rather just ask the readers. What do they think?
2: I like that answer. So what did they say?
1: It was a crystal, crystal clear response. There is absolutely no doubt. And even if we're getting more responses, it's not going to change anything. Wow. I'm, I'm 100% convinced that this is uh, this is the final answer. So we got 86% of readers responded that in their view, there are not any difference in quality between free books and non-free books.
2: Woo! Ooh, that actually makes boom. me excited. Yes, Boston. Yes, we'll add the boom for you. That is exciting because I know <laughs> when I talk to authors, you know, I always and when I teach and stuff like that, I'm always saying this should be your best work. your give is the widest distribution. It's going to touch the most people. You want it to be like, oh, this is wonderful. So mm-hmm. it's so good that that message, you know, readers are willing to believe that a free book is, well, at least 86% of them think it's just as good as buying a book. Or could it be that some of the bought books aren't that good? I'm not sure.
1: Well, I, I think it, it it shows more about the fact, because the, the readers don't know about this debate that authors has between themselves about, well, if I put the book for free, then I'm signaling it it's poor, poor quality, but it's not because, of course, I did everything I could to make it a professional and blah, 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 blah. You know, the readers don't know about that conversation. They just pick up the free books and they read them. Yeah. And of course, if they pick up a ton of free books and every time they read it, they're like, what is this crap? <laughs> you know, then... Well, it would show clearly in the responses here. Then yeah. most people would say the opposite. They would say, yeah, every time I pick up a free book, it's, it's horrible. So yeah. I think this is just a myth that exists between authors and it's not real.
2: I think that's exciting, though. It's good to know that you know the quality of books out there is good because it's reinforcing, reinforced by the reader saying, no, I pick up free books and they are good and I've had good experiences. So... I'm excited. I think that's a a really awesome result, and the whole thing is interesting. That really, if you want your book to be read sooner, it's better if they're buying it. By these results so far,
1: yeah, that, that's uh, yeah. If 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 we're trying to conclude a bit, that, that's certainly a conclusion, right? Uh, there, there's a higher likelihood that readers will read the book if they bought it rather than download it for free. I think. If I look at the result like helicopter view, uh-huh. it's also pretty clear that readers have way too many unread books on their Kindles and there is, it's just a problem. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly it's a problem. I could see that. And yeah. And yeah, it, what I was about to say is to me, the only way to get around this stuff. And this is just my personal opinion, and everybody can, you know, have uh, make up their own mind about what they think and <laughs> and whatnot. But in my personal opinion, it's like yes, you can still get people to download the f- first book in your series for free. I, I in full transparency, I still have my first book in my trilogy for free, mm-hmm. uh, and I really don't plan to change that now. Um, so that that's just for full transparency here, but. If you give it away for free, yes, you can still get people to download it. Not not as many people download it as they used to do, uh, but you, if you, it can still happen. But the thing is that when we're then talk, touching read-through, which is basically, so as we said before, people reading book one and then going on to read the rest of the series, yeah, it uh, there's really it's really bad because people just have way too many books on their Kindle and they never get to it. So at least if you want a slightly bigger chance of people actually reading your book and then reading the rest of your series i would say if i had to book out a new book one now mm-hmm. i would not make it free but okay. i don't know what you think autumn
2: well because like we said i still have my book one my debut book one as a perma free and i mean i'm over 200 reviews and a 4.4 star rating on it so i'm thinking part of me is wants to put it price tag back on it and do some ams ads and and see how it goes but i haven't i you know life's a little crazy and overwhelmed right now so i think i might wait on that in a couple months but i'm seriously considering maybe changing things up i've always thought maybe a perma free doesn't need to be permanently free maybe it should be switched to a different one maybe i should make the first book in my second epic fantasy series make that one free Shake things up a little bit because it is interesting. That's mm. what marketing is about is shaking things up and trying new things. So I'm always one to figure this out. So yeah, I'm not quite a hundred percent away from permafree. I think occasionally giving out a free sample, a free something. But I do think you're right. The read-through rate is definitely lower. And you know, I think you're I know I'm working on my next two series and both of those I'm not using perma-free. So you got to buy the book to play. So we'll have to see how it goes.
1: Yeah. And of course, another strategy that, that you could consider is, is to put it for free once in a while and then flip it back to priced and, and then later on flip it back to free again. and And basically then you can promote the fact that it's free now if you want to get into the series, right? I mean... But you're still going to hit the Kindle stuffing problem here. So, and I, and I, I just don't see any way around this because, for way way too many years now, or I mean, three, four, five years ago or more, this was a very very good strategy, and and you could really get a lot of readers this way, and and there, there was read through, but nowadays I think. Yeah, the train has just left the station and it's too it's too late to get on board now. So you should have bought your ticket four four years ago. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. All right, so next Monday we are gonna talk about how to write good dialogue. Oh
0: If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com/slash AmwritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.